Hey, thanks for joining me today for the podcast. I'm really looking forward to this episode because we're talking about how to prepare for the unexpected. Now, there's really not any way to prepare for the unexpected. However, we're going to do our best to try to accomplish that. And today's episode is available on both Get Me Ready to Sell and Get Me Ready to Buy. Because if you're selling or if you're buying, there's going to be some unexpected things that could pop up and it's going to affect both sides. So you can listen to this podcast today, whether you're a seller or a buyer on either place. Uh, you can listen to it where you get podcasts. You can watch it on the YouTube channel for each one of the podcasts. Get me ready to sell. Get me ready to buy. Uh, but we're going to dive in today and look at some things that you might need to be prepared for as best as you can when it comes to buying or selling your home. And it fits both podcasts because, or both uh, groups of people, because part of your framework for buying a home or selling a home is persevere through close. Once it's under contract, either as the seller or the buyer, there's still a process of anywhere from, unless it's a cash deal, typically 30 to 45 days that you're going to go through this process. And it really is a perseverance through close. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of those things that I personally have experienced and I've talked to some other agents about what they've experienced when it comes to closing on a home. So let's dive right into prepare for the unexpected. Buying a home is exciting, but the process can be overwhelming. Trying to understand all of the paperwork, financing and what you need to do can be stressful. Without knowing what you're doing or where things stand, it's hard to move forward or worse you can make a mistake that costs you thousands of dollars. That's where the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast hosted by Jeff Jones comes in. Jeff is a realtor, coach, and entrepreneur. He helps take the guesswork out of home buying by providing you with the details, resources, and professionals that make the process easier to understand so you can successfully buy your next home with confidence. Now here's Jeff. Let me tell you about the very first home I got under contract. Uh, I was working with the, my managing broker at the time, and we were the listing agents for a family friend's parents' home. They had passed away. The family friend was the um, uh, had the power of attorney for the property, and he was the um, the executor. Actually, I don't think he was power of attorney. He was the executor for the estate. Thought that he could sell the home. So we listed the home, got it under contract in just a couple of days. And fortunately for us, <clears throat> it was a person buying it to flip it. So um, anyway, just kind of give you a prefer uh, uh, an update for that as, as we're getting into this. It was in the fall of the year. <clears throat> we're going through the process, dealing with the real estate attorneys. And we come to find out that even though he was the executor of the estate, he didn't have permission to sell it without all of the heirs signing off on it. There was an issue with one of the heirs had passed away. So his heirs had to sign off on it. Um, one of the heirs uh, traveled for work constantly. It was hard to, to pin them down. And so we were in the process of trying to get, or the, the attorneys were in the process of trying to get all the different heirs to sign off on the properties. The problem is that the other heirs from the deceased family member were in a different state and there was some issues going on legally with that. 
So the judge in the state where the property resided had to get with uh, a judge in the, another state to figure out how this stuff was going to take place. And that winter, because this was September, October, it got delayed. We kept doing extension and extension and extension. Well, that winter, we had a freeze. The seller thought he had turned all the water off in the house, but he hadn't. So guess what? The kitchen flooded. The cabinets were ruined. The floor was ruined. Sheetrock had to be pulled up a couple of feet off of the wall and had to all going through the process of all being repaired. So not only did we have to extend because we were trying to get the heirs to sign off on it, we also had to extend or make a, an arrangement for the work that was going to be done. This particular buyer planned on gutting that stuff anyway. So we were able to negotiate a reduced sale price that was going to cover the cost that the insurance claim paid toward getting the repairs fixed. The seller didn't have to fix any of those things. And we were able to, um, to get the buyer a reduced price on that. Long story short, house went under contract in September and we closed on it the following August. It kept being extended and extended and extended. Uh, needless to say, I got to know the agent representing the buyer very well because we had to talk at least once a month about what was going on next. Um, if this had been a buyer who needed the home to live in, was getting out of a place, getting out of a rental, we wouldn't have been able to do that. It would have been a difficult sale and it might would have just sat on the market for a while until everything was signed off on. So even though we did the best we could as agents doing our due diligence, uh, believing that our uh, client had the right to sell the property on behalf of everyone else, everyone, all of the other heirs still ended up having to sign on it. So I'm glad that was my first deal that I had ever been a part of. It wasn't the first one that I closed, but it was the first property I got under contract. And it was a definitely a learning experience for that. Uh, I asked some, um, some acquaintances of mine, some other agents, some of their horror stories. I want to tell you a couple of those stories or uh, from what some of them shared as far as what their horror stories were when it comes to uh, working with clients on buying or selling a home. Uh, one of my friends said that they found out through the title company that um, the seller uh, was in foreclosure. Um, seller did not make that known to the agent and had to find out from the title company. And for not to actually go through into foreclosure, they had to close everything in seven weeks. And this was around Christmas time. Unfortunately, um, even though the first buyer backed out because it was going to be a little more complicated being in foreclosure, they were able to get it sold and they were able to get it closed with two days to spare. Um, but as an agent, that's something that we can't always be aware of or know if we haven't been given all the information. But if you're a buyer and that happens to you, just know that that can be an unexpected thing that you need to be prepared for, that something may happen that may not allow that seller to complete the sale. And if you're selling, do your due diligence to find out if there are any issues that are going to prevent you from being able to be the one that signs the paperwork to get the property sold. If you are purchasing a house through a relocation company, meaning the people who own the home, were transferred because of a job. The company's working with a relocation company. 
to where the, um, the relocation company is handling everything. The way that works, at least the ones I've been a part of in my state, they may be a little different in different states, but where I've been a part, what well, ones I've been a part of is the seller signs off initially on all the documents, sale price, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then the um, uh, relocation company gets involved. And what happens is when you go to close that property, like I said, at least in my state where I am and the ones that I've been a part of, the relocation company actually buys the property from the seller and the buyer is actually buying the property from the relocation company. And all that happens simultaneously. It's like it's immediately transferred from the seller to the relocation company to the buyer. Um, it can be a little bit more complicated process and anything unexpected could come up in those type of things. So those are some things just to be prepared for of knowing that going into this, uh, it could get a little more complicated. And that's why I talk about persevere through close. It's not just sit idly back and wait for close to happen. It is be diligent through this process. Uh, but there's limited things that your real estate agent can do. If you've partnered with a professional and you have a realtor representing you, there's not much that we can do other than just finding information. We can't make people sign. We can't, we're not the attorney. We're not the lender. Uh, we're not the appraiser, the home inspector, the repair person. All we can do is try to stay on top of that and help you navigate that either as a seller or a buyer. Just be patient with us uh, while we're trying to navigate this as well. And we want to represent you and make it as stress free as possible. It won't be totally stress free, but hopefully we can remove some of that stress. Hey, thank you for hanging with the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast so far. You need to know how ready you are to buy a home, so get your score at readytobuyscore.com. You'll pick a few statements, get an email telling you what your score is and what you need to focus on to get ready to buy a home. If I can help you in my market, which is the Mid-South, the Memphis metro area, please let me know. If you're in another market, I've got agents all over the country and in a few countries around the world. Reach out to me and I'll connect you with one of our agents who can help you get your home bought wherever you are. Now, back to the show. Now, another one of my friends said that they had a buyer that um, signed uh, weeks before closing was to actually happen. And in some states, um, that that's uh, normal. It's not really normal where I am, but I do know in some states, it's a long time between actually signing the paperwork and receiving uh, the property. Um, they had signed everything. The deal had been funded. They were going to the county reporter. Uh, the buyer was able to get into the home early, so they prepossessed the home. Um, and on the way to the county to record the deed, the lender did a work verification on everybody who was on the loan and discovered that a co-signer on the loan had lost their job. So guess what? The financing was lost. The deal didn't get recorded. Um, and the seller ended up having to um, help the sell, they had to help the sell, seller navigate to get to close uh, for several weeks later. So um, again, that was an unexpected thing that one of the co-signers lost their job. Um, something can happen before close. I tell my, I tell my clients whether they're selling or buying. Uh, if you're selling, the buyer's not going to get possession of the home until after the money has changed hands. And when I say changed hands, Typically in our market, 
the seller signs with whatever closing attorney, real estate attorney they want to close with, and the buyer signs with their own real estate closing attorney. So what happens is when the seller signs all their documents and the buyer signs all of their documents, then those closing attorneys, those closers, swap the documents. So the seller has signed multiple copies of the same documents, the buyer has signed multiple copies, and each side gets a complete set of all the documents that have been signed. And when those, fun those forms have swapped, then the money is released. The buyer's closing attorney contacts the lender. Sometimes the lender may have already submitted the money to the, the buyer's closing, but if they haven't, they submit to the lender that all the paperwork and documentation is, is ready. The lender releases the funds. The lender's funds then go to the seller side. If the seller has a mortgage on the property, that money, some of that money goes to pay the mortgage off. And if there's any left, it goes to the seller. So documents have swapped and we say then the deal is funded. Once the lender, the buyer's money has reached the seller, then we say the deal has funded. At that point, you get keys. So here's some things unexpected that catch buyers in particular off guard. They're closing at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. They have movers showing up at five o'clock to load them Friday afternoon, expecting to be able to unload in their home on Saturday. That's not going to happen. Very, very unlikely. Because at three o'clock in the afternoon, that's on a Friday afternoon or before a holiday, that's not giving enough time in my market and in my experience, that's not giving enough time for the documents to swap and for the deal to fund. So then the buyer is stuck not being able to move into the home until Monday afternoon or Tuesday and all of their stuff is packed up. They may have gotten out of the lease of their apartment. They might've actually closed and sold on the home they're moving out of. All their stuff is stuck in a truck, but that's just what's going to happen. Your agent, your real estate agent needs to prepare you as a seller or a buyer for what's going to happen in your market so that you can be prepared for that unexpected and not be caught off guard thinking that, hey, I got movers showing up in an hour after I signed documents to get me into the house and I've got this whole weekend to move in. That's not going to happen. Uh, at least that won't happen in our market. Uh, unless there is an agreement to prepossess the home. And then you get into issues of insurance kicking in who owns the property. I was reading about one where um, the buyer uh, didn't listen to the professional advice that they had gotten. They actually closed on a property or actually they wanted, they got permission to prepossess the property However, their insurance wasn't going to kick in until another day. And instead of waiting one more day, they went on and moved in. When the process of moving in, <clears throat> taking possession uh, of an, a wildlife animal broke in through a window, ran through the home, making some damage inside the property before they were able to get out of the house. But guess what? It was uninsured. So the new owner ended up having to pay for all of the damage. And had they waited one more day, they would have been protected. And if they'd waited one more day, that animal still might would have gotten in the day it got in, but it would have still belonged to the seller. And the seller's insurance would have kicked in 
and paid for the damage to that property. Again, anything can happen between an accepted contract and getting the deed recorded at the county and the, and the possession being changed from the seller to the buyer. Anything can happen, so just be prepared for that. A couple of more things that there's some unexpected things that have happened uh, in a real estate transaction. Um, there was one agent that was telling me about uh, one of her clients ended up in military jail and was on super lockdown during the closing process. So trying to get documents to this person to be able to get them to sign was an extremely difficult um, uh, endeavor for her to get accomplished. It was really complicated, but they were able to get it done. Um, there's been times when uh, either party, but in particular, maybe one of the sellers passed away between an accepted offer and closing. And when they pass away, then there's a whole new element that kicks in of what's going on with the property, with probate, with what their will was. Um, one particular instance I'm aware of, the uh, remaining parties that still own, possess the home still worked through and allowed the buyer to be able to get the home and get it in a timely fashion. But that's an unexpected thing. Nobody's looking at that and expecting that to happen. Uh, but it can happen. Anything can happen. A car wreck, um, heart attack, whatever it could be. There could possibly be some unexpected things. Rely on your real estate professional who's helping you navigate this process and just be patient as you persevere through the close. Um, and then how about the sellers who had their home broken into uh, and burglared on the day of photographs? They're on a trip out of the country and some folks, I guess, knew the home was, was uh, open. It was vacant. Even though they were still living there, they were not there. Uh, was got broken into. The photographer shows up to take pictures for the listing and the house is not in any condition uh, for pictures for a listing to happen. That's unexpected. Nobody saw that coming. You can't blame the real estate agent. You can't blame the seller. You couldn't, you can't blame the buyer for these things. You can't blame the other agent. There's just some things that can happen that it's not anyone's fault who can be blamed for it. You just have to navigate that so that you hold on and you don't give up on your dream to either sell this home or buy this home, but you persevere through clothes. You, you let yourself know that the norm is there's going to be something unexpected pop up. Um, I've had, um, I've had a lender ask for um, a well water test four days before close. They've known all along and in our area, it takes at least three days to get the test results back. And that's after you get the third party company who can actually go and draw the water and then get the water tested. And you have to have it completed so many days before the loan uh, can be signed off on because they have to disclose to the buyer all the information about the loan three days in advance. So things get pushed. You have to sign um, an extension getting, say, instead of closing on, let's say, July 31st, we're now going to close by August the 7th. Uh, nobody likes the fact that you signed an extension, but here's what happens if you don't agree to that extension. What happens is the house goes back on the market. 
depending on what's going on in the market right now, it might sell for less, it might sell for more. It could still be on the market another 30 to 45 days before it closes if you get an accepted offer immediately. So instead of just extending for another three days, another week, you've now traded that in for another 30 to 45 days at a minimum. And then hopefully that's going to close and not push it out there. So if you're a seller, it makes sense to work with the other side to get an extension signed. If you're the buyer, the same thing happens. If you walk away from this deal because you can't reach an agreement, you're not able to close for whatever reason, the seller's not able to complete the work that needed to be done for whatever reason, the shingles are back ordered, the root, new roof isn't going to be in place. Uh, there may be some ways to get around that, but if you want to push everything off or walk away, now instead of just pushing everything off for another few days or a week, you're walking away and starting everything over from scratch. And then again, another 30 to 45 days, if there's no issues with that, before you're able to close on your next deal. So even though the unexpected can happen, there are some solutions that might be available to allow you to continue to close on the property and close with the deal that you currently have, either as the seller or as the buyer. Let your agent help you navigate through those. Instead of throwing your arms up and going, oh, I'm never going to get this house sold or I'm never going to be able to buy my own place, work with your real estate professional to help you navigate those unexpected things that pop up and just know that they could pop up. Something could happen with the inspection. The seller didn't expect something that was found. They weren't even aware of it. And it's a good thing that it was found, but now they either have to renegotiate a price or find some funds to be able to repair whatever it is, the issue that came up. Maybe something came up in the appraisal. Something comes up from the buyer as the lender is doing their due diligence before they get the clear to close to make sure there's no issues with that. Uh, it could have been some money deposited into their bank account that they don't, they couldn't really track. It was a whole lot of cash from yard sale, but they didn't talk to their lender ahead of time to say, hey, we're doing a yard sale to put some money in the bank. Is there going to be a problem with that? Here's where this money's coming from. Uh, but those can be some unexpected things that uh, put a wrinkle in actually being able to get the property closed in a timely fashion. The unexpected can happen, but it might not be an insurmountable unexpected issue that pops up. Trust your real estate agent, work with that professional, work with your lender, work with the closing attorney, your real estate attorney to navigate whatever issues may come up that are unexpected. So ultimately at the end of the day, you're able to live where you want to live. And if that's selling this home, there's somewhere else you want to live or you need to live. If you're buying the home, you really want to buy this home or you wouldn't have made an offer on the home to begin with. Do everything you can to help work through those unexpected things that pop up so they don't catch you off guard. They don't stress you out. They don't blow the whole deal up. Just be patient and persevere through close. Breathe. We talked to our granddaughter about breathe deep. Breathe in and out. In and out to help her be calm and patient. So. When you're faced with unexpected issues that pop up in your real estate transaction, take a breath, listen to the professionals, and do everything you can to persevere through close, being calm 
and patient. Have a blessed day. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me today on the Get Me Ready to Buy podcast. Hopefully you found all this information helpful to you and it's made a little more sense out of what it takes to actually buy a home and you feel a little bit more confident about your home buying process. Now, again, as I shared earlier, if I can help you buy a home in the Mid-South or find you an agent wherever you are, just reach out to me at midsouth.homes or whatever link is here on this podcast or uh, down below in the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on a podcast, I just mentioned the YouTube channel. There is a Get Me Ready to Buy YouTube channel where you can actually watch the podcast if you'd rather do that. If you're watching this on YouTube and you'd rather listen to it, you can find the link to GetMeReadyToBuy.com and you'll find where you can listen to all the podcasts wherever you get podcasts. I hope that you'll also rate and review the show. There's a link here in the notes, in the show notes or here where you can review the show and rate it so that others who are looking to buy a home just like you can find it, especially if you found it helpful. And I would love a five-star review if this has been helpful to you. The other thing you can do is remember to get your score at readytobuyscore.com. And as always, hit the subscribe button so that you are the first to find out the latest information about what it takes for you to be ready to buy a home. Have a blessed day.